and we could do a clap in three, two, one. Sweet. First one was better. Yeah, it was. It was a much nicer clap, I think. It was in sync. Our powers combined. One day, we'll be aligned again. Okay. This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. With me this week, two fantastic human beings, Brian Murray. Hello. And Renee Rodriguez. Bueno. Thank you guys for being on the show this week. I'm super excited to talk to you about comics because it is, quite honestly, my favorite thing in the world to do, but only with a handful of select individuals, as I've talked about many, many times on the show. But let's not get into that. Instead, let me ask the question I ask every single week. How have you been? How have comic books been? Let's start with you, Brian. I've been good. Um, just, uh, you know, doing my thing. Uh, had a lot of uh, the joys of homeownership cropping up. Had to get a new washing machine. Got a fun. Got a guy coming to patch our foundation next week. Oh, so, double fun. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, definitely don't miss renting an apartment at all. Fortunately, uh, comics have been good. Uh, I haven't actually read any of my new issues in a long time. I actually just went and picked them up for the first time in like a month today. Because I'm my comic shop's favorite customer. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what I did read was Saga. All of it. The whole thing. All all nine volumes? All nine volumes in a single day. Holy smokes. (laughs) That sounds like like a weird... uh, For some reason, I just thought of Superman. Reads all of Saga in a single day. Yeah. But it's Brian, not I mean, Superman. I also read all of Saga in a very short amount of time, but not in a single day. Holy smokes. Yeah, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would recommend <laughs> it necessarily, but the story mm-hmm. does really lend itself to that. It's a yeah. I feel like maybe it's just because I read it in such a short amount of time, but I feel like it really flows well together. You know, mm-hmm. there's after every single issue or every single volume, I really wanted to get right into the next one. I didn't want to stop and you know eat dinner or anything pedestrian like that. <laughs> right. Uh, fortunately, Kate was here to make sure I behaved remotely like a human being while mm-hmm. undergoing this process. Um, Fiona Staples, gorgeous artwork, obviously. You know, everybody knows that, but can't be said enough times. I really like the character designs between like the the people with wings and the people with horns, and then the people who are TVs. I like Goose. Goose, everyone know who, loves Goose. Know who Goose is. Goose is a good meal. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you talk about my son like that? I thought Leonard was your son. No, Leonard is my old son. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Brian has a new son, and he's a comic book character. Yeah, I, uh, I dug into that because of a very special Patreon exclusive we have coming up. Mike, you want to uh, go into that? Oh, yeah. So, I got this crazy idea in my head to read all of Saga, and then have a big fat discussion about it. But we're not just going to do like a, we all read all of Saga, and then we're going to do one big episode about it. Instead, we're going to do a series that covers every single individual episode or issue of Saga. And we're going to break it down real hard in little tiny chunks. So pretty soon we're going to start recording this series. It's going to be me, Brian Murray, Kara Shamborski, and Kate Lamphere. And we are all going to talk about Saga. And it's going to be... A really, really fun series. I don't want to give any more details other than that. I did describe this to one of our listeners. Actually, he and I had lunch. And so if you're in New York and you want to have lunch with me, let me know. But uh, because that's a thing that I do, I guess. (laughs) But uh, 
I explained it to him, and he seemed pretty on board. He seemed really excited. So uh, hopefully, you know, we're gonna get we're gonna get this recorded this summer, and it's gonna start coming out. Uh, I don't think Saga has been announced to come back. So if you're looking to catch up and you want to hear some people talk about a series that's really really amazing, and you've already read it, um, hopefully you'll really enjoy it. And it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's we're gonna have a lot of little episodes to just kind of like fill in some time throughout your day, and it's gonna be really cool. I'm I'm very jazzed about it. It's gonna be on Patreon, and then eventually it'll be out in the public um, after some time. But we're gonna start it on Patreon. It's gonna be cool. This probably goes without saying, but it's going to be all spoilers, heavy spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying it now because I know we'll forget to say it at the beginning beginning of every episode. So <laughs> yeah. consider yeah. this your spoiler warning. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really excited for that. But anyways, let's continue talking about comics that we've read. Renee, what are you, what have you been reading? How have you been? Uh, I've been good. Uh, in the uh, time that I was last on this episode, uh, I guess... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I just had a birthday. So now another year older, another year closer to Woo! being buried with my Happy comics. Birthday. Thanks. What are you now, 16, 17? <laughs> <laughs> it's 19. Thank you. it's definitely not 19 guys no i'm 29 now um getting yeah it's a thing uh but no i'm older i've read a lot of comics comics have been great to me comics have been comics and manga are the only uh have been the only sweet sweet you know i can't even think of words right now They've been. Yeah, I don't like the road you were taking us down there. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was, yeah. uh, I was like, I was like, what? I don't know where I'm going with this. But you know what? They were the only thing that were really enjoyable the last couple months, um, just because of my work schedule. I've just been working a lot and a lot of heavy hours. But you know, it was nice to know that I had comics waiting at home. I also bought a lot of manga, like a lot, a nice. lot. Like if you guys remember how much I bought at C2E2, mm-hmm. like times that by like four. Oh, oh brother! Goodness. I need a I need a new bookcase. I was gonna say it sounds like you do. You definitely. I yeah. It's a lot. They they're just they're just overflowing. It's a mess, but also mm-hmm. it's been delightful. Uh, <laughs> and then the funny thing is the stuff that I read for this episode to talk about as uh, was none of that stuff. It was all stuff that I purchased like today on Comicsology. I fi- I finally read oh, Fence. Cool. Yes. So Got him. I read it for Mike, also to just rub it in his face that like I read your recommendation. Uh, mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, you're right; it is uh, it is like a manga, uh, which I appreciate. Uh, but it, it also kind of reminded me a little bit of the uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender comics, a little bit. Oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah, uh, but like I I was uh, I got to the end of volume two and I was just like, well, now I'm upset that there there is no more fencing. Yeah. Well, supposedly there's going to be more, but they're going to release it in OGN form versus single issues, which I'm pretty okay with if it comes out in like a semi-regular cadence, like once in once every eight months or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what their schedule is going to be like, but there is more coming. I mean, I guess I'll read it. I already own the first two volumes now. So <laughs> what's what's another couple? Am I right, bookshelf? It says under the weight of all the things I've put on it. Uh, I also, bookshelf groaning in the background. You probably could. It doesn't look good. <laughs> it's like weighted down. I also read the uh, mm-hmm. the Amazing Nightcrawler uh, from the Age of X Men. X X Man. My bad. X Man. X Man. Yeah. Uh, I only read the first issue though because 
I had to come do this. Um, mm-hmm. And Mike was like, yo, ETA. And I was like, oh, I got caught up in fictional Kurt Wagner. Um, not that there's a real Kurt Wagner. Well, I'm sure there is a real Kurt Wagner. Uh, aside from yeah. that. Uh, it's interesting. I don't know how to feel about it, but I'm going to keep reading it, I guess. Um, and yeah, that's what I read this week. What about you, Mike? What'd you do? How are you? How's your beard? I've, I've been pretty good. I've been playing a lot of D&D. As, as I said before we started recording, Like I've, I had D&D three days this week, and they were all very long sessions. I'm not mad about that, but it's just that takes up a lot of time, and I've just been doing a lot of talking because of that. I, as I said, I went and got lunch with one of our fantastic listeners who happens to be working in New York City this summer, so that was really cool. We sat and chatted about comic books because that dude's super cool. Shout out to VG. You're amazing. Otherwise, I've been kind of just picking and choosing random comics to read uh, on top of some stuff that I've been reading for minisodes and all this stuff, I realized that I put a lot of things on my plate for the months of June and July, not realizing that, like, it basically means that I don't have any free time to read other things. Like, I had to read a bunch of X-23. Nick and I sat down and we read um, Ice Cream Man Volume 2, Strange Neapolitan. Uh, we recorded a mini-sode about that yesterday. I will say Volume 1 was weird. Volume 2 is even fucking weirder, and I love it. I cannot get enough of this series. I am, like salivating waiting to read volume three i have it ready nick and i are going to record another mini-sode about that like we're really really on board for it um there's an issue in volume two i will say that i think is Iser nomination worthy because of the way that the story is told and just the clever page design that they do i was really really impressed with that volume on the whole it really builds into the strange strange narrative but there's a mini-sode coming for that this July, we'll have a little bit more information about that after the break in this episode. But the other thing I want to talk about that I read was Simon Hanselman's Mega Hex. This is also known as like the Megan Mog series that you may have seen from Fantagraphics. This is a series about a witch and her boyfriend slash friend cat, who is like an actual cat. But it's this it's they exist in this world where they're kind of like stoner losers that live in this dumpy house with their friend Owl, and they treat their friend Owl like pieces of like a piece of shit. But he's the only person that has a real job. Megan Mog, the witch and the cat, they are just kind of bums. All they do is smoke pot and take acid and party, and they have these wacky friends, and everyone's like some people are like humanoid animals, like anthropomorphic animals, but Mog is actually just like a cat that walks around on all fours. It's a really bizarre book where no one is likable, and the humor is really crude, but for some reason, I loved it. I couldn't stop reading it, um, so I've borrowed the second the, volume. The Friends phenomenon. Yeah, it's the, yeah, the Friends phenomenon. Uh, it, it, was, it was really interesting. I, I didn't think I was going to like it going into it, because Tia had recommended it for the Goodreads Reading Challenge for this year, and... Just looking at it, I wasn't sure if I was going to like it, but holy shit, I was really impressed. Like, if you're not into, like, stoner, dumb humor, like, you're probably not going to dig it. But I don't know, for some reason, it was, like, the right thing for me to read one day. And I just, I demolished the first volume. And the the next couple of volumes, I think, or maybe one or two more are on Comixology Unlimited. So I borrowed those, and they're queued up on my my iPad to read. So um, I I really enjoyed it. I was very surprised. I found myself laughing out loud at all just the the dumb bad stuff. And it's it's weird because it's kind of like a in, a true escapism in that like it's not like super heroics where you get to imagine yourself as a better person. Instead, it's like you get to imagine yourself as like a a bum who's like doing dumb stuff and wasting all of their time and not really caring about anything or anyone. And for some reason, I needed that. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, it was a really really fun book uh, overall though. I think 
It's definitely not for everybody. I can't give it like my highest recommendation, but I certainly had a good time reading it. Like just from a, a purely, I need some stupid humor in my life kind of perspective. So that's, that was me. Have you guys read this at all? Did you, have you guys read this for like the reading challenge yet? This is actually the first time hearing about it. So okay, okay. It sounds wild. <laughs> it, it it most certainly is. <laughs> but if you've got a Comicsology Unlimited subscription, you can get it. You can borrow it. It's on there. Um, you know. So I got my six ninety nines worth or whatever the price is by just borrowing this because normally I think it's like a twenty dollar trade. So it's pretty yeah, nice. What's one more subscription service? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anyways, so let's uh, let's talk about comics that are coming out this upcoming week. Comic books are dropping on June 26, 2019. What are you both excited for this week? Let's start with you, Renee. Uh, well, I am excited for um, a manga, shocker. Um, I'm excited for the new chapter of Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, uh, which is a newer series. It's chapter 163 is coming out this week. Um so, That's considered a newer series. I mean, with 163 chapters, it's under 200. Okay, like I blew through it okay. in like less than a week. Okay, catch up. Okay, it's only a couple of volumes. Not like, like I think I saw like the first four volumes at Barnes and Noble. I was like, if you're under five volumes, it's pretty new. Okay, sure. Get off me. I don't know. You know, it's not like it's not like One Piece that has got like 800 some. You know. And it's not like yeah, yeah. It's not like telling someone, "Hey, read Bleach," and they've they they're seeing volumes in the fifties. You know, it's less intimidating. I don't know. Under two hundred yeah. has always seemed really light to me. I don't know why. <laughs> Which is ridiculous because okay. all of Sailor, like the first run of Sailor Moon, was like sixty chapters. Yeah, but I digress. Point is, Demon Slayer. There's some pretty nuts stuff going on, and. Uh, the last fight that will be i was i think is going to be concluded in this chapter i'm very excited for that because inosuke who is uh one of the demon slayers is the man or boar as he prefers to be referred to um it's a whole thing and uh okay canal is uh i think that's how you say her name but she's also uh dope like the this last fight was awesome, which was even better than the fight before that. If you really want like beautiful art and like just because it's they've done a whole different style of fighting and the art done for every single fight is beautiful. It's like a portrait. It is absolutely fantastic. I would highly recommend. Um, and you can read it, read all the chapters on uh, Shonen Jump, which you can do through Comicsology or through uh, Viz. And again, that's like 25 bucks a year, which is pretty cheap. That's a steal. I mean, the Shonen Jump, I think we've said it a million times. The Shonen Jump subscription is an absolute steal. 100 chapters a day. I, I can't even imagine how someone would do that. But if you read 100 chapters a day for a month, like you're going to get through only a third of their fucking library. It's, it's insane. And they keep adding stuff. They just added like three more mm-hmm. titles like last week. Yeah, it's it's wild. And, I'm real. I fucking love it, man. Yeah, and they also have um, Dragon Ball Super on there as well because the yeah the manga is going as I think is continuing or it's going far it's farther than the anime went, and even though it's a separate canon, um, Akira Toriyama has a lot of influence on the manga. Who is the and he's the original creator of Dragon Ball. So yeah, it's exciting. What about you, Brian? What are you excited for this week? This week I'm looking forward to Life is Strange number six. 
I feel like I've gone on and on about this series before, so I probably don't have mm-hmm. to dig into it too much. That's uh, Emma Viacelli writing, Claudia Lenardi on the line work, and Andrea Izzo on colors. Um, and maybe it's just from looking at the the cover of issue number six, but I really like uh, Andrea Izzo's colors. There's something about them that's it's very matte, you know, like there's absolutely nothing shiny or reflective or anything like that about it. And for some reason, it just really works for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I gun to my head, I couldn't explain to you why I like it so much, but I don't know, it just works. I actually thought this series was done at issue four. And then when I was at the comic shop this morning, had issue number five waiting in my pull list. And then when I was looking for what was coming out next week, I saw that issue number six comes out next week. So, I mean, uh, happy surprises, I guess, right? Yeah, right? Normally, it's finding out that a book you liked got canceled, not that it's actually still going. Right, 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 right. I can can hear Nick, his ears are burning. He's saying, if only you'd read the previews, Brian. Um, But I understand. You have have time, uh, or you don't have time to spend your life digging through a thousand pages every month. I get it. Yeah, I I mean, I have the time. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm busy. I just... (laughs) I'd rather die is all. <laughs> I gotcha. What about you, Mike? What are you looking forward to? Oh, I am looking forward to the most obvious pick of the month or of the week. And this is Mr. and Mrs. X number 12. This is Kelly Thompson and Javier Pena. This is the Rogue and Gambit get married and then they have a bunch of wild romps across the universe and across dimensions because why wouldn't that happen to Rogue and Gambit? Uh, it, this has been a super duper fun series. Uh, Kelly Thompson has been killing it on writing. Javier Pena and Oscar Beldua, I believe it's Basil Dua, I think have been doing a lot of really good like amazing art i think i don't know i've really fucking loved this series and issue number 12 is the last issue in the series they're calling it rogan gambit's last stand what happened in issue number 11 spoilers for last month's issue of mr and mrs x you know skip ahead a couple minutes and you won't hear the spoilers but rogan gambit get kidnapped or I should say gambit gets kidnapped by the league of assassins uh i guess let me take that back gambit goes down to New Orleans to investigate some stuff that's been happening with the Thieves Guild that he's been the king of since 2013, but he really hasn't been a good king or leader, or whatever they call it. And so the it turns out that the Assassin's Guild, who have been arch rivals of the Thieves Guild in New Orleans, have they've merged together and they're trying to usurp Gambit's power. So he goes down there to kind of like settle scores. And of course, he kicks everyone's ass. He's the king of thieves. He's he's the best thief that's out there. But he didn't expect the Assassin's Guild to be there. And so when his ex-wife shows up, he gets all kerfuffled and uh, then ends up being completely covered in chains, hung up on a wall. And it's the most hilarious thing in the world. And there's a great moment where Rogue shows up and Gambit says, well, of course she'd come save me. She's, she's my wife. She knows where I am. She's amazing. And there's this moment where she where rogue steps into the room um and she should be fighting like the 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 chief villain but instead she goes to help gambit and he's like wait stop you have to she's like no fuck all that bullshit you're my husband i need to take care of you and i was like oh my god this is everything i've ever wanted in a comic and kelly thompson has just been nailing their relationship she did such a fantastic job in rogue and gambit the little mini series that kind of led up to this series and i've just been loving it uh, I, I cannot express how much fun I've been having. I'm a diehard Rogue and Gambit shipper. I'm a diehard Gambit fan. I love Rogue to death. Like, 
to put this book together seemed impossible and to actually have it survive seemed even more impossible. And yet Kelly Thompson was able to basically drive us to the finish line of 12 issues. Um, on the outside of this book, I will say from a meta perspective, I really appreciate Marvel's willingness to do these little 12 issue maxi series because nothing peeves me more than seeing what is supposed to be an ongoing get canceled at 12 issues versus I have a 12 issue plan and I'm just going to tell something because I don't think Rogan Gambit could really drive a 50 issue series but they definitely can drive a 12 issue series and tell a very good story that develops their characters and that's exactly what this book was so I'm, I'm happy to see it come to an end as much as I want more I'm willing to like take a break, and then have a pickup come later where we get another Rogue and Gambit series, another Mr. and Mrs. X series. The only thing I don't want to happen is that I don't want this, vo- this, this whole run to end with them breaking up because I would basically fucking boycott Marvel at that point because that's unnecessary. They've built up this whole run about how despite all the trials and tribulations, Rogue and Gambit have found themselves back together. And if they break up at the end of this volume, then what the fuck was the point of the whole series? Because the series is supposed to be about despite the hardships, their marriage can survive. And if that can't happen after the end of this volume, I will be very mad. (laughs) Just got to look forward to a few years from now when they have Old Man Gambit coming out and it's just... Him and old him and old lady rogue. Just. Yeah, I'm 100 percent on board for that too. Like the, the, still the in crab, their 60s, the crabby old married couple. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's that's me. I'm I'm very excited for that. But we're gonna let's take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about why we hate new comic books. No, that's not that's not true. But we are we do have a topic, and we'll be back in just a second. Before we get into this week's episode, I want to remind everyone that I Read Comic Books will be taking our yearly four-week break for the month of July. For the four weeks in July, you will still be getting regular episodes from us, but they will be mini-sodes, such as the X-23 episode I talked about and the Ice Cream Man episodes I was talking about. We'll be delivering some really cool stuff, but they'll be shorter, a little bit more focused topics for the four weeks of July, and then we'll be back in August. So don't you worry, we will be back, but we're taking four weeks off. But let's get into this week's topic. I was a little bit joking when I said that we were going to be talking about why we hate new comic books but in fact the question is and this was posed by renee why do we hate new let's have a discussion about the continued shutdown of new ideas or new heroes taking on old mantles character deaths so on and so forth so renee i know you've got a lot of thoughts about this could you just lead us into the beginning of this discussion and then we'll kind of do some back and forth from there yeah yeah i i guess this whole thought came from uh way back when after uh I guess with DC's launch of the New 52. Because uh, if you guys remember, during comics at that point, Bruce Wayne had been killed during Final Crisis, and uh, Dick Grayson had taken up the mantle as Batman. And we had a bunch of new uh, titles and new stories happening, and, you know, Batman was different and everything was changing. And I believe around around that time, uh, Bucky was also Captain America. And then all of a sudden... I think it was around the same time both Captain America or both Steve Rogers and Bruce Wayne came back uh, to life to take back their mantles. Also, both of Through them time. Yeah, both of them dealt with time. But that's that's we're not here to talk about that. But I just thought it was very interesting that I was like, oh, well, we had all these kinds of new things that we had never seen before and new experiences, and I was like, well, why does that happen? And 
from that point, we've always had you know new characters taking over mantles like the Blue Beetle and uh, the Question and uh, I can't thirty think... fucking Green Lanterns. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you know, there's all these characters that take over mantle. Like you know, Ant Man has been like four different. There's been four different Ant Men, and at some point though, we always jump back to the first. And I just started to wonder, like, why do we get rid of these new ideas? I And I just don't know why. I can't seem to gra- wrap my head around it. Other than that seems like we hate new things. Gotcha. I mean, th- th- when I when we were talking about this, you know, and I was thinking about, like, what to discuss for this episode, I mean, I, I think there's, like, a, there's a lot of polarizing stuff that's been happening in comics for the last, like, five or six years that are kind of related to this. Um, I think with the, the death of Batman, I think a lot of people were surprised, but I don't remember there being, like, a truly negative reaction to, you know, the new Batman, um, with Dick Grayson taking over the mantle and having Damian Wayne running as Robin again. I, I don't remember there being a huge backlash, but I, I remember being, as a comic fan, I was like super excited to try something new because I, I didn't really know much about Batman at the time. I mean, I knew enough, but um, I, I still was like, oh, I've never really read a Batman. Now is my time, I guess, when Bruce Wayne isn't Batman, I should start picking it up. Um, but I think to your point of like, well, why did we let things slip back into Bruce Wayne being Batman? I mean, I think it's it's a combination of I think risk management, right? Like not having the the mainstay character be that character is is a risk for publishers like Marvel and DC, right? I mean, Jason Aaron, I think there was a lot of pushback when Jane Foster took over the mantle of Thor. I mean, spoilers for an old Thor that came out like five years ago or something. Maybe it was less than that, but still, like, I know there was a lot of pushback, and they're like, oh, I can't believe Wobbit's got a Thor. That's the voice of all the people out there screaming on the internet, and... I, I don't know. I didn't see it as an issue. But I, I'm not scared of it, but I think that the big thing is Marvel and DC have to fall back onto these characters because they're guaranteed money makers versus this new thing with a, with a character can always be a bit of a risk that they're not sure if it's going to sell well. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's a good excuse, but I mean, that's from, I think, the corporate side of things. That's where it comes from. I, I definitely agree with that, and I think that there's an element of... You know what's what's going to be bigger than the death of Superman, the return of Superman. Like yeah. basically, you get to yeah. have a big event that sells a bunch of issues where you kill off a character, and then a year, two years later, you sell a bunch more issues, bringing them back. Yeah, I mean, I think there is something to be said the boldness of keeping a character dead in superhero comics. It's at this point a fucking meta joke where you even hear it in the comics. I think I've read at least a half dozen comics over the last two years where somebody's talking about a dead X-Men character and they're like, but you X-Men don't really tend to stay dead, do you? It's like, all right, man, like you're taking the fucking fun out of it. You're taking like the, the, the meaningfulness of the death of a character out of this entire run. Like I was super overwhelmed when someone like nightcrawler died and i i really enjoyed that uh like not to see the character die but like holy shit you take one of the mainstay x-men and you really you put him in the ground that's some serious business um and the fact that like the 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 way that that affected characters i think was really great and it drove a lot of the like growth and and development of a lot of characters um but i mean it's it's not just character death but i think like that this is one of the examples of like i think it led to 
good stories and I think that having them stay dead for a long period of time could have continued to grow those stories and grow those characters and yet the worry is well we want this character back now we want it we have a story for them so let's just bring them back in some way shape or form yeah um, like, I like that you said or some shape because like there's all the time travel stuff with X-Men and dimension hopping like and yeah, like yeah, you yeah. said there was like, like they mentioned it in the comics like there's the young Cyclops being in the current timeline and then he explains to someone else he's like yeah the other me he's he is dead and i'm from the past and then like i don't even remember who it is but it's like a time traveler so i was like i hate everything you just oh it's nova he was like i hate everything you just said yeah yeah and it's like you know that's exactly how we feel and it's i mean i don't know if that's exactly <sighs> true i think we're, we're speaking for a, a you know ourselves here that's true. so there's only so much we can infer but like no i, I, I don't know how I don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, I think it's it's more of a question of like why is change considered bad what is why is why can't we do something that actually has long-term effects like i think this is this is us talking about event fatigue this is us talking about you know like characters taking on new mantles like so many people were upset by you know Doc Ock at one point, you know, being Peter Parker, I mean, we, they knew that it, that's not how it was going to be permanently, but, like, Peter Parker was straight up dead for a while, you know? Like, I think, you know, Miles Morales, I think, is probably one of the rare exceptions of, like, critical success with a character where when Peter Parker died in the Ultimate Universe, we got this brand new Spider character who is, like, people really resonated with. He's he's a very fantastic character, um, but I think he's one of the very few examples of where there was success, where someone took over a mantle um, because things were so drastically different. He's almost his own character. And then when you do the merging of the 616 and the Ultimate Universe, then you get to have those two spider people, Peter Parker and Miles Morales, living side by side. Um, it's kind of a cop-out in some ways, but you still at least created something new that was able to sell pretty well. Like, I think the Miles Morales book still does pretty well, all things considered. Yeah, but it's yeah, also I... outrageous, though, because Peter Parker came back to life in the Ultimate Universe universe so it was yeah that's a whole thing yeah. that like they already brought him back and then they're like well now we're gonna merge it so you know yeah goodbye stuff. yeah I, I think that that part of it is that people might not necessarily stop and analyze their reactions before they get on twitter to post about it so I think that a lot of the outrage that we see when like uh, a new character is taking over a mantle. So, you know, when when we have Bucky Barnes coming on his cap or Sam Wilson coming on his cap or whatever, a lot of the times when people are getting up in arms about how Sam Wilson could never be Captain America, I think that what they're trying to say is, but I love Steve Rogers as Captain America and I don't want him to go away. And sure. I think yeah. that that's like, that's a fine feeling. You're, you're, you're allowed to be sad or disappointed that the character you love isn't going to be the same anymore. It's, it's totally fine and understandable to have those feelings. What's not fine and understandable is then to get online and start being an asshole about something that you haven't even read yet. You know, like yeah. it's yeah. cause it, it, it could be that the new character might suck. Like it, it might actually be bad that this character is taking over this role, mm -hmm. but until you've read it, you don't know for sure. Right. And it just, it really bothers me when people don't give stuff a chance like that. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like when you're, if you're trying to get someone into say Captain America in the first place, right. Mm -hmm. And they didn't like Steve Rogers as a character at all. Say they, they pick up your favorite run of Captain America and they're like, I don't really like this guy. 
Like, how would you feel? Like they only, they didn't give it a chance. They didn't even try. Yeah. So yeah. what? There's a there's 50 years of history. Who gives a shit? If I've never read Captain America before, and then I try your book, and I go, I don't really like him. Like he's too much of a Boy Scout. I don't like his blonde hair and blue fucking eyes. Like, <laughs> no, that's that's a bad that's a bad bad reason. Uh, but still, like, I don't like the way that that character you know interacts with the world. I don't like the way that his worldview. Um, what would you do? Like, how would you feel about that? You say, oh no, give it a chance. Make it, you know, you just got to get through this volume and it'll it'll be better. It's the excuse that all comic book readers do when they're trying to get people into a specific series or a specific book. Um, but it's like you you as the long term comic book reader also need to be in that mentality of like just give it a trade, just give it a you know a little bit of time, and instead don't just go and drag a book on on Twitter just because you you're upset with an idea or a cover of something like that i mean there are reasons to be upset by covers i don't want to like wash that over but even still like just to be upset with the idea simply because it's out there is is not fair to the book itself like marvel and dc aren't necessary aren't publishing books for the most part with like no fucking idea as to what's going on like they are the people that control the narrative so like they're going to be putting out books that they think fit the best um for for their for their characters and i think like sam wilson taking over captain america if you know anything about sam wilson that makes sense like it completely makes sense i'm i'm not trying to like we don't have to get too deep on this captain america thing but i just like there is that idea that you said brian like give something a chance because you would want other people um, to also give it a chance. I think that's totally valid. And, and I, I do want to clarify that there there are, of course, always going to be exceptions. Like there are going to be situations where it's fine to look at something and go, oh, no, that's bad. Like with Hydrocap, I feel like that was certainly a time when the reaction was probably appropriate, you know. But yeah. there's a strong difference between Captain America is a Nazi now and Thor is a woman now. Like, yeah, I don't feel yeah. like I have to go into explaining what that difference is. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, our listeners don't get it. Should probably mention though that that whole thing was just an arc, and that was due to a cosmic cube thing. Like, granted, it took to the was very the Captain America thing. Yeah, yeah, him being a hail Hydra was someone was like, well, I don't like Captain America. I'm gonna make a wish on a cosmic cube and turn him. <laughs> What if he was a Hydra person? I, I love it, that you called it making a wish. Like, because that's, yeah. that's perfect. That's exactly what it is. That's what it was. Because <laughs> at the same time, what ended up happening in that arc was because the person who made this thing a reality, because they remembered how Cap was, that created like a, a shadow image of Cap as he was, who then somehow blinked into existence and then fought Hydra Cap and then won. And then Cap came back to being, you know... Captain America. Yeah, it's all well, very, I mean, it's all very you know. We don't have to get com- into that story because I know that there was a lot of like pushback and there was a lot of things like on the whole. I remember the biggest controversy was like, if we're going to say that Hydra is essentially Nazis, why would you make Captain America, America who was created like by by two Jewish Americans like a Nazi? Like that's yeah. that's was that was the big thing I saw. <laughs> and it was like yeah, exactly. But it was like at the. At like there were all these writers for Marvel that were like, give it a chance. Just hold up. Like it's, it's going to be an interesting story. And I think it's cause you know, maybe they knew where it was going. Maybe they were in the pitch or something or they had faith in the art or in the writer. And obviously it did end up being like, Hey, gotcha. That's not the way it is supposed to be. You're right. It yeah. is messed up. Yeah. Um, 
But like at the but that's like but at the same time, so it was that's like, not seeing the world. Yeah, like that's not seeing the perspective that people are going to take from it, given like political climates. Like comic books are inherently political. We did a whole episode about this. Yeah. So like when you throw something like that out, especially in these times, it seems like uh, it's a little bit too edgy for us guys. Sorry, Marvel, could you tone it back a bit? Because I'm going to these comics to escape. I don't need to go into this comic to feel the weird, strange yelling and screaming of bigotry that I'm seeing on the internet already. Like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, so don't, don't get me wrong. Diving too deep. I was furious when when that came out. I was so mad, and then when I found out that it was all for a storyline, I was like, I mean, that makes it a little better, but at the same time, still not cool. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to invalidate though. what you're saying. I'm just like, we're diving too deep on this Captain America rap thing. That's <laughs> that's all. We need to move on. So it's uh, like so he's like, a I big think... character or something. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it is, and I I think the 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 question is still like, you know, why are people upset with the idea of a character changing, right? Like, what if all of a sudden tomorrow Tony Stark was a bad guy, like something that happened kind of in Civil War, right? Like Tony Stark became a bad guy because he started to head up Shield, and he was the person persecuting people across the United States for registration, like during the Superhero Registration Act, like how did we feel about that and were people upset and i don't i don't know like i read it as like a you know i i'm more of a person that's like okay with these changes because on the whole like uh there is a lot of potential for like interesting stories um without it being offensive like tony stark being a bad guy and like trying to push this whole thing is was an interesting storyline where you're like i don't want to be the bad guy but i'm part of this government thing is is interesting to me um I'm willing to explore that provided like we're not the good guys are going to win in the end and we kind of know for the most part in comics good guys usually win. So it's it's not scary to to imagine something like that. Um yeah, I don't know. That, that kind of makes me think cuz I I remember when I read Civil War, I, that whole thing kind of tracked with me. I was like, you know, I believe Tony Stark would do that, but like all of my knowledge from Tony Stark at that point was stuff that I'd read in the comics which uh, 616 Tony Stark is a little bit different from uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal of Tony yeah. Stark. So yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah, no, that tracks. He would definitely do that. And uh, that, But they also portrayed yeah. it in the in the comic as a very makes sense. He was like, this horrible thing happened. Um, I'm now in it because of these reasons and these reasons. I had this reaction to it. I'm now committed to this plan for these reasons. And I, I think it made this very logical sense in the story. I think that's a good point yeah. that you bring up that like having a reason for change can go a long way towards making people accept the change. Mm-hmm. Like uh, when Peter Parker in 616, when he died and he and it be, and we did the, the Doc Ock Spider-Man, you know, there I don't know if there was a reason behind it happening, but the reason that that Doc Ock continues to be Spider-Man and the reason leading up to that is amazing and it really does like Dan Slott took his time in that last issue of Amazing Spider-Man before going into Superior Spider-Man to make you understand you know how this was going to work and sort of it just kind of reinvigorated all the reasons why you love Spider-Man and it's because of all the things that he's been through and then pushing that not just not pushing that but having someone else experience it you know to understand why kind of like one made you fall in love with Peter Parker all over again, but also like wonder how someone else who has experienced that, but also has a different way of thinking is going to continue. So, I mean, I think like, again, sort of seeing that logical thought process definitely helps when entering a new, a new character taking over mantle instead of just being like, well, bam, here we are. Mm -hmm. 
I think so. Here's kind of a in a more meta question here about this. Like, do you think that the perspective of change has, for lack of a better word, changed over time? Like, in that when you're thinking about something like Batman Beyond, totally brand new out there idea of of Batman in the future, right? Bruce Wayne is still exists, but he's not the focal character. Um, and so when you were younger and you were watching that, or, you know, eventually you're reading the comics that kind of came out, um, did, were you more accepting because you were like younger and you were more like, Hey, this is, this is cool. This is a new take on Batman. Or you're just like, I want more Batman. So give me whatever I can get versus nowadays you kind of have more of a choice because you know where you can spend your dollar. or You're more aware of all of the potential options of things you could get. And, you're thinking like I just want the same stuff over and over and over because it's comfortable versus um, just accepting anything that the publisher or or maybe TV production company throws at you. Yeah, do you think that that's changed because of like social media or like more advanced knowledge and things like that? Maybe it's just because I'm kind of an outsider to the the comics world. It's not something that I've always been, you know, more than knee deep in. Um, but I love it when they do a change to a character like that because it makes me think that this is a way that I can appreciate this character in the same way that everybody else is, you know, Mm -hmm. like because I haven't read, you know, a a ton of back matter on the old character. Like I, I had never read any Thor comics before the Jane Foster Thor came out, but Mm -hmm. I jumped on that and, you know, read that whole run just because I knew that this was a chance for me to experience this character the same way everyone else is. Right. Like getting in at the ground floor with everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there's a bunch of stuff, obviously like I didn't understand any of what was going on with Asgard being destroyed and Asgardia and Asgardians on the moon. Like there's mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff in there that carried over from classic Thor that I didn't understand, but nobody had any history with this character that I didn't have. And that made it feel like a very accessible way for me to enjoy this comic. I, I think gotcha. I, th- I like it because I like change because it's a, a new story. I, I, Brian will attest to this. I really like stories over character. <laughs> like, so I pretty much really only care if the story is interesting. I think, I was thinking about what you said about Batman Beyond. And I was like, really, what got me into Batman Beyond wasn't that it's a new Batman. I was like, that world lit looks dope, uh, or shway, gotcha. as I should say now. Uh, shway. Yeah, that's what they say in the show. They're like shway. That's cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, they okay. came up in the Flash TV show too. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> shway. You mean that shway? Yeah, that shway. But like, it was a cool world, and it was also it was, it was kind of like neo cyberpunk which was really cool at the time and i was like all into that because every movie was that for the future but then it was also batman and i was like rad and uh but it, it did it was also like a really good story it did different things and i think when you have a new character or you know someone else taking over and it goes to like interesting even like new so like in uh in thor you know asgard was destroyed they had to go do something different like cuz we can't go back like what mm-hmm. are what are they going to do what's the journey there and i like those those new things they're having especially with someone trying to figure out who they are in this role what it uh, discovering like what it takes 
and then just also like just all the nuts things that happen you know like uh the battle for the cowl was an all-out war in gotham streets before becoming before there was a new batman and then it's all about taming yeah. that and then there's also people figuring out that you know is that a new batman uh it's like oh batman's back is that a fake is it going to be as strong as the last batman there's all these different mm-hmm. strings being pulled and it's just so but I interesting guess- I, I guess to like to kind of to get back to my question a little bit though, do you think that like as you, since you're older now, you're more, I guess, uh, you're more aware of like the ramifications of change versus when you were younger, when you were like maybe taking in stories like this and not really knowing their origins, just kind of like rolling with the punches because you didn't know anything else, like you didn't have the internet or you didn't have the ability to like deep dive into who was creating this and why and what their origins were and reading interviews and all that stuff. Like, I feel like there is this switch over as the internet has become more prevalent that has allowed us to investigate the reasons behind changes versus just kind of rolling with them. Um, do, do you guys agree with that? I don't know. I'm I've been listening to a podcast recently about how wrestling has become really, really transparent over the years. Um, I know this isn't related to comics, but follow me here. And because of that, it makes wrestling seem like a little bit cheaper. I mean, it's still entertaining and it's still really fun, but you can tell that like the people who are involved in wrestling, specifically the wrestlers themselves, are like trying to carry themselves as people versus their characters and because of that it's kind of cheapened wrestling or it's made it really weird for some people i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm not being clear what i'm saying but like uh does does that make any sense to you guys what i'm saying here like because of the prevalence of of information on the internet you know almost too much about these these characters in wrestling and it's the same with with creators in comics like because of the internet you know too much about their sources and therefore it kind of can cheapen things or it can really make you reevaluate how you feel about a change I, guess, Does that, I don't know if that I, any of that makes sense. I, guess, I guess i can see what you're where you're where you're getting at and i think that that definitely has a part to play i think that definitely will affect some people and some people that the way they read it for me personally um i've always just been the kind of just roll with it person um mm-hmm. especially where i'm just like you know what i because even in wrestling stories i'll just, i I'll talk to my brother and be like, yeah, when they did this storyline, I was like, that was bullcrap because obviously this wrestler's better than that wrestler. And my brother's like, you know it's a sure. story though, right? I was like, yeah, but I'm all caught up in it. You know, I don't care that I know that they're acting, but I am invested in the story that they're telling. So mm-hmm. like I, the, for me personally, I'm, I don't pay attention to all that outside stuff because I just want to know like, you know, what's this, what's this dance they're doing? I want to see it. Right. you you're just reading the stories. You're not really like doing a deep dig on like why a story came to be or how yeah, it came to yeah, be. But I can see how that gotcha. that surge of information could definitely affect how people, you know, view the changes of characters or the changes in story and all that. And I guess I'd never even considered it, which shows, you know, how I am, I guess. No, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I, Brian, how about you? Do you feel like that has any influence on like how you view changes in comics? Uh, I mean, I... I don't know how much of this is just my my ADHD coming through, but mm-hmm. I've always been a big fan of change. And like I said, I don't I don't know how much of that is ooh a new shiny thing, and how much is just me being a flexible person who's open to new things. Gotcha. But it's it's not something that I really think about a whole lot. Chris, I also I also don't follow a lot of comic creators on Twitter or anything like that, so. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of the times, you know, I, I find out about these changes when somebody in the group shares an article or something like that. So it's not gotcha. It's not something that I really have an inside view on. Gotcha. I mean, I think there's there's another piece to this, and it's maybe not doing like research or reading articles or whatever, because I think that's that's part of it. But another thing is, I think that there's been like this cultural shift in comics. Um, I mean, in in mass media in general, like characters that have like a long history with people that are like part of their nostalgia or whatever um, of being a kid or just have having been a reader of comics for a long time. I think some people get very upset with change because the character that they know and love is changing and that changes their perspective on those characters and therefore and they don't like it like they don't like that you know in a hypothetical world captain america now has a goatee and he's sticking with it and that's part of his character now um and somebody's just could be very very upset about that because they're like no captain america never has facial hair that's one of the staples of his character and i mean sure Sure it is. It maybe it has been for fifty years. Um, but it, what I don't see the, the issue with the change. I mean, again, this is my personal my take on it. But I think that people do have these ideas of these characters and who they are and what they're meant to be and how they represent um, something in their heads. And they take they have a very personal ownership to those characters. And of course, that varies from person to person. Yeah. For sure. But when that change happens, it really changes their perspective and it can be upsetting. You know, I mean, the the whole world is upsetting constantly all the time. Everyone's upset about everything and the world sucks and yada, yada, yada. But to have like these characters to hold on to and say, at least here's a staple of consistency to some cons- to some extent um, can be reassuring. And when that consistency changes, it's obviously no longer consistent and therefore upsetting. Um, I think there's a lot of personal ownership that people are putting on characters like luke skywalker changing or anyone that's been around for years and years and years we have these ideas of who they are and when we see them change it can be upsetting now i think that the three of us sound pretty fantastic when we we say we're really open to change but i, I don't think that that's maybe a hundred percent true um but i i'm not to try to call you guys out but i'm just saying like in general i think people on like on the whole when they think about comic book characters or one comic book character like if gambit suddenly was like i'm no longer a thief i'm an accountant i maybe be a little upset about it (laughs) i'm not going to scream and yell on the internet but like i think that would be disappointing but i think other people have a much stronger reaction to changes like that and that might be where we see this visceral upset feeling on the internet or in when we talk to other people about characters um i mean because i've gotten into those arguments with people about comic book characters and i've just been like i'm not gonna have this conversation with you dude because it doesn't bother me that much i know it bothers you and i'm not trying to act like i'm above you but my thought is to roll with it whereas i do see people that get very upset about you know batman no longer having a black cowl or something like that again i'm, I'm pointing out superficial things because i don't want to get into the nitty-gritty but um <laughs> I think there, there's a lot of personal ownership that people put on comic book characters, and when they see that change, it really upsets them. I'm talking in circles now, so I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that, but that's like my, my big observation from all of this. Yeah, I mean, it, it's totally natural to feel that way. It's just one of those things where that doesn't mean you're allowed to be a butthole. Yeah. Like, I, th- right, I, think right, there's, right. I think there's a difference between being angry and shouting your opinions versus having... A conversation that is that doesn't get heated just being like you know this is the reason why i didn't like this and that's well, fine for me like i and you know because there are so many of my friends that like the direction of the new star wars films and i just don't care anymore mm-hmm. um i'm not like angry about them i'm just like yeah, i i don't it doesn't interest me but i, I 
you know, and there's there's all things to be said about that and all that. So I forgot my point that I was talking about. <laughs> That's all right. I, I, I actually started thinking about the Last Jedi and got like distracted, and then I was like, "Ah, uh, it's okay." It's it's just the difference between saying I'm upset versus you're wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Let's let's use that's our, it. Use that's our the podcast. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's a lot of just outward frustration um, that that people have, and they want to point blame um, versus trying to accept change or like understand said change. And we kind of talked about it already early in the show, but um, yeah, Brian, I think that's a really good way to put that. Brian had a good point earlier where it was um, he was talking about uh, you know like just hate, hate and all that. And he was talking about how it's it's just one thing to just say, I'm upset about this. I hate this. I hate you for liking this. And, you know, actually just being like, you know, I just don't care for that. And it's, it's in the way that we discuss these things. So it's not that these things are inherently bad or that we hate them. It's just more of like accept – like coming to terms with the way that you should talk about things changing in a group setting or even just one-on-one with people. Yeah, and as always in comics, you have the option of just not reading it if you don't like it. That's true. Yeah, I mean, there's that is a that's a that's a really loaded response. I, I only say that because I've I've heard that. Yeah, um, I mean, it's before, and it's, it's the, definitely the very dismissive in a way. Yeah, but it's yeah, that's yeah, it's one of those things where you have to choose how you're going to spend your energy. And if if yeah, reading yeah. this is gonna make you angry and make you waste your energy online shouting about it, then maybe the best thing for you to do is take a step back. Yeah, take a step. But that that yeah. reminds me. I mean, the uh, my my brother was listening to this uh, podcast about uh, Warhammer 40k, um, which is uh, a game thing that he does. But in in that podcast, they were talking about how. Um, you know, getting into new things and changing things. And they were like, you know, he's like, it's not that I'm upset about it. It's just that I have no interest. And I think that's like, uh, it's okay to like, to like watch it and, and like, but don't aggressively go into something thinking you're going to hate it. And just to talk about hating it. If you have no interest in it, I think Brian's right. I think you should take a step back, you know, don't actively pursue something. If you just want to take a dump on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the only counterpoint I want to bring up to, to this is the, if you don't like it, don't read it is, is problematic when it comes to things like where we see books that feature like, like unintentional racism or unintentional sexism, or, you know, you've got things with, you know, scantily clad men or women that make people upset and you see them screaming about it on the internet. And it's kind of like, well, if you don't like it, don't read it is like a weird argument for that. Um, because, then at that point it's like you you need to talk to somebody but you don't need to talk to the public you need to talk to the publishers and i guess like by not buying it you're technically kind of spending your money um as your as your proof of saying i'm not participating in this but there there is some validity in saying like being upset but like there there's a difference between going like i think it would be a, a a reasonable thing to be upset to say like, okay, now Captain Marvel is going to go back to, you know, wearing a bikini in her comics, yeah. you know, and it's going to be Kamala Khan. Like that's where we're like, hold the fucking phone. Hold on. I actually don't like this change. And I think that that's, that's wrong, but there's like this, 
we're we're kind of running out of tape here so i don't want to dive too deep into this and brian i'll let you get to your point um but like there's this thing where like we as a public kind of also need to be aware of things that are socially unacceptable um and that that varies from society to society and person to person but there are some kind of blanket rules that we've got as an american society and we can deal with the american publishers to say like something like that's probably not okay because that's offensive because of this 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 and this and i know we're going to go down that we could potentially go down this rabbit hole of what what does offensive mean but um still there are some changes that you can you can scream about but on the whole like there is something in terms of story right which is kind of where i think this spawned from yeah where change is is something you need to try to accept versus other things that can be offensive so brian sorry to get to your point it's just a kind of my i guess my, my closing thought is if a change is happening and you're upset about it be honest with yourself about why you're upset because you might you may well have a very good reason to be upset like Mm-hmm. There are plenty of things to be upset about, but I guess before you take the message boards or whatever kids are using these days to uh, to go off about it, you know, sit down and ask yourself, why am I mad about this? What is what's yeah. what about this is setting me off? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Renee, final thoughts? I think Brian just said it best, um, but also like you know read the dick grayson batman um because it was dope and bucky cap and sam wilson cap uh because they were great also bart allen slash the fastest man alive miniseries all Mm -hmm. dopeness cool well renee i'm glad you brought this topic to the to the table for the show because this is this is a pretty great discussion i'm glad that we had it um but yeah, I guess, like I said, run out of tape here, so let's wrap this thing up. You can follow us all on Twitter. You can follow me at Mike Rappin. You can follow Renee at Rodriguez 29 You can follow Brian at Brian Head. And you can follow the show at IRCB Podcast, where I try to post pretty regularly with updates and things that folks need to know, um, plus little Patreon posts and things that are public when we have them. Uh, it's, it's pretty fun. And we're on Instagram, so if you're not following us there, make sure you jump on Instagram and follow us at IRCB Podcast as well. Uh, subscribe on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash IRCB podcast. Uh, without your support, this show wouldn't survive, literally. Uh, join now for access to new and Patreon-only episodes and articles. You get early access to the top of my pile posts and so much more. Uh, there's also a Goodreads group, and we have a lovely community of comic friends, and we have lots of weekly fre- threads. Not Freds. Uh, I mean, oh, I'm sure there's Freds on there, too. I mean, why not? I think there's a Fred. One Fred. Fred, yay! Good for you, Fred. You can also find us on our website, ircbpodcast.com, where we have our pronunciation guide and a merch store. And while you're on the internet, why don't you go ahead and rate our show, subscribe, tell your friends about us. If you haven't rated us, why not? We have 207 episodes. We should have at least 207 reviews, right? Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, jokes, please feel free to email the show at ircb at destroythesaib.org. Infinity Shred is the best band in the universe. They do all the music for our show. We really want to thank them for letting us use their music. They have a new album coming out very soon. You can check that out at infinityshred.com or on Spotify or Google Play, wherever you get your music. Xander is a wizard. He also edits the show. He's just a fun guy and a grant, a fantastic dungeon master. I want to thank him for being just a fantastic human being. Uh, thanks to Brian and Renee for being on the show. Thank you to you, the listener. You are an amazing person. And until next time, comics are good, and so are you. Bye.